You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to a special edition of the E2C Network. On this episode, we're going to be breaking down a very hot topic these days that's affected all of us in many ways, whether that be uh, families and friends, uh, your communities, but especially the effects that it has had on the sports world, more specifically college sports, and even more specifically, Auburn athletics. Yes, I'm talking about uh, the coronavirus or COVD-19, as it is more commonly known these days. Uh, So we are going to be discussing how this rampant pandemic has been discussed, uh, has been going throughout our country, the world, and uh, has been affecting sports at large. And I've assembled a team here of some of our greatest uh, podcasters from our network, representing several different shows and sports from throughout our plethora of shows that we have. And I'm going to introduce them in terms of seniority. And no matter, even if she had been the last one seniority-wise, she's always the first one in my heart. My (laughs) wife, Jessica, who is our host for Tiger Tracks, our track and field podcast. So welcome, Jessica. Thank you, War Eagle. Thanks for letting me join. And just a little bit of inside information for her. She is a nurse and might have a few opinions about this in general for those about the virus and be discussing that a little bit later in this. Yeah, it's a little terrifying. It's a little terrifying. I'm a little bit scared that you, we're not... I might go rogue. We're not distanced enough right now, I don't That's, think. We are definitely not socially distanced. Uh, so we'll just deal with it right now. No breathing on each other. Let me jump on over to someone else that is here. Uh, that'll be Auburn Elvis. Now, Elvis has been here and started something that has been very near and dear to my heart. We have for years talked about having the War Horses podcast, which the first and the only dedicated equestrian podcast, and he stepped up to the plate this year in a big way and fulfilled that promise. My only regret is, is that we have to talk about an undefeated team that doesn't get to win a championship. So, Elvis, welcome to our roundtable. Hello. Yes, thank you. Thanks for being here, and we'll uh, get to you a little bit later about just some equestrian and thoughts uh, that you have about that. I'm sure you're very disappointed, just like we all are, that Auburn Equestrian didn't get to compete for that national championship, which is, I mean, honestly, it's theirs. It's, it might as well have been theirs at this point. Oh, yeah, basically, yes. Basically, you're undefeated. You, you know, we'll get into that in just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we will. We will. Next up, I have another one, Justin Hostler. You know him from Hitchcock Hecklers, which is most recent. He took that over for Clint Richardson and Chandler Fullman this year. Uh, a very interesting time for him taking that on by himself, but having it basically taken away from him because of a virus. So, Justin, welcome. Welcome. Thank you, War Eagle. Thanks for being here. And then Jared Davis, who is our newest addition, and he has the interesting task of being with AJ Richardson on the football podcast. So, you know, football is our bread and butter, Jared, and you are a, you know, a saint for being willing to take on that task to talk about this <laughs> on the network. Well, thanks for having me and uh, excited to do it and War Eagle. 
War Eagle to you as well. So thank you all for taking the time to be here today. We're going to just try to briefly break down, obviously, the impact on the world at large, but more specifically, our college sports in Auburn world as well. So I'm going to pitch it over here to the person who is the most experienced in the room and just give us your thoughts on what's going on in the world. We're about a week into to when this actually broke out in the U.S. and at large in terms of when the restrictions started taking place. Is it, do I have the timeline right, Jessica? Yes. So the, the word pandemic started being thrown around a week ago for us at right. the time of recording this. So it has been two weeks since really the U.S. kind of started getting patients mm. and one week since we got a significant number of patients and every day it has grown since. So I do have to point out that it is called COVID-19, not COV-19. COV, I, I, I left the I out there. I'm sorry. You know, thank you for so, reminding me. Just a little fun fact. So coronavirus has been around for many years. This is not a new um, virus. However, the strain, the novel coronavirus is new to us. So just know that, that coronavirus has been around. That's why it's on your Lysol wipes and you can see it that Lysol and Clorox will kill coronavirus. Look at, I look, you're just teaching me things All today. All the things. All the things. So um, here's my little PSA as your, you know, friendly nurse. Um, wash your hands, stay out of the public, especially if you have comorbidities such as, you know, diabetes, high blood pressure, any kind of lung disease, uh, autoimmune diseases, anything that would keep you from being healthy stay out of the world right now and don't touch your face and wash your hands. So basically what I'm hearing and you know I want to be clear we're going to talk about this obviously in some you know levity tonight and try to have a little bit of not necessarily fun but you know just try to find some happiness in a very trying time for people. So when I say this next thing I want to say that first too so I don't offend anybody or anything like that but it sounds to me what what you're expressing here that everyone should do is basically what your mother told you when you were growing up to wash your hands not talk to strangers yeah. and to be smart is essentially uh, what's happening. Stay home. <laughs> it's really so as it's simple as that. Like, well, and it's like my dream. It's like an introvert's dream. <laughs> Don't leave your home, <laughs> stay at your house, read your books and you know, like you said, don't talk to strangers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very simple advice. Some people seem to have a little harder time than others following well, it. and some people like me don't get the luxury of working from home. That's true. So it is it is challenging for many of us who are out still in the real world. So I just hope that, you know, the, the seriousness of this, since we are talking about the college sports that have been canceled, the universities that have closed and everything that's happening in our world, that this is a big deal. And I'm sad that this is our, you know, end end of the spring season show for us yeah, we're not much. used to doing this in March yeah we've never really had a end of the season show that ever had this type of seriousness to it you yeah. know there was always obviously sadness when you see player, players and seniors leave and they're no longer part of programs but when it's for this type of reason this is harder this is rough man this, this is, is a lot just... harder that we don't get to see our favorite sports you know I don't mm -hmm. get to see outdoor track and field which I look forward to all year right. you know we don't get to see the equestrian team, you know, do what they do. And we don't get to see any of this. So it's it's just really hard that a virus has taken over our world in such a pandemic way and just a way that I don't know that any of us were ever prepared for in this lifetime. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's unique. Uh, it's scary at times. And as long as we just follow the instructions that have been laid out for us, I think that hopefully we'll come out on the other side of this, you know, better for it and, and, and learn from the situation. So yeah. That's hopefully what we take away from all this at the end of it, despite all the hardships that we're going through. And real quick, I just want to say this one word. I've said this to Jessica privately, but I want to say it here on this podcast too, because I know other people know this and maybe have verbalized this too, but our healthcare workers and not just healthcare, our 
EMTs, our police officers, our firefighters, first responders, uh, grocery store workers. There are people at the front lines of this situation right now that are being affected even more than us being quarantined in our houses. And, and, and obviously those that are actually contracting the virus and sick are dealing with that on a whole different level. Yeah. But our hearts go out to you, Jessica, and those that are working in this field that you have given your time, your sanity, <laughs> uh, your livelihood in some way to be there and be there for us. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Absolutely. I echo that sentiment. My girlfriend, Laura, is a PA here at the university in Wilmington. She's, I don't know if she can hear me or not, but you know, she's one of the top PAs in the country. So oh wow, um, it's nice. It's, uh, it's definitely, there's just so many jobs that you don't really think of as, as you know, on your day to day life. And then you think of, you know, like you said, grocery store workers. And then, you know, even on like the sports world, you don't think about the, you know, the people that work at the stadiums and, you know, the vendors and the, the, the people who make a living off of selling t-shirts t-shirt, outside of the stadium at the, you know, <clears throat> Final Four and Sweet 16 and et cetera. So, you know, it's just, it really puts things into perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely I, I, real quick, I read an article today and it said, you know, what what's it going to be 10 years down the road? And we've always said thank you for your service to our soldiers. And they were saying that we may be, you know, saying thank you for your service to nurses and doctors and uh, maybe even they even went as far as saying maybe even having a national holiday for y'all. Because, I mean, this is this is a war, basically. Yeah, it is. It's unprecedented. It absolutely is. Um, but Elvis. It's a holiday that y'all will have to work on while we're off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because the ERs don't close down. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> You know, if people like me could just stop hurting themselves constantly, maybe the ER people could actually take a break. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's the seriousness of this situation. And my encouragement to everybody out there, you know, whether you're listening to this right now while it's going on or you're listening to this uh, way off in the future, uh, my advice is to take this very, very seriously. But also, don't act in fear. Uh, take care of each other just be smart. And the advice that Jessica gave as a healthcare worker is the best <laughs> advice that she can give you. Wash them hands. Doesn't <laughs> say it like a mother there. <laughs> Wash them hands, stay away from strangers and uh, be smart. I think are the, the greatest, you know, instructions we could give people right now. So let's shift gears here and talk about um, Auburn athletics. And, you know, I'm actually glad that I listen to, I feel like I promote the university's podcast more than our own here. So I'm sorry for that guys. Uh, but I was listening to their um, press conference they had the other day um, on the podcast with Alan Green discussing the situation. And then my heart just went out to him because, yeah, our coaches and players are dealing with. But can you imagine a guy in what year two, not even, of his tenure as Auburn's athletic department? Not only do you step into a premier SEC program or athletic department with football, basketball at some of their highest points in history, you're having to deal with all these other programs and the effects of that. I cannot imagine what he is going through right now. So and the hostile uh, parent, the host and well, I don't everybody's even know. upset and you know, right. All the, the young kids, the high school recruits that were supposed to move up and, you know, come to Auburn next year. Like there's just a lot of unknown. It's not a, it's not a job I envy right now. There's a lot of jobs <laughs> I don't envy right now. That is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so let me uh, pitch this over to Elvis and kind of talk about obviously what you think about, uh, the job that is underway for um, Alan Green right now. 
Well, um, he's saying all the right things. And so I think he's, he's keeping competence high, which is what you want to do in this situation. Uh, he's passing on the, the wise advice. He's not, um, he's not getting people to panic, but at the same time, he's not getting hopes up unduly. Right. You know, he's basically just laying it out and saying, hey, we're having discussions uh, daily, whether it's with other uh, ADs in the conference and uh, then we hear back from the commissioner and the commissioner is having, you know, bi-weekly um, updates with the NCA. So, you know, he basically laid it out and said, you know, we're making the plans as best we can, but they're always subject to change. And I think that's, you know, he's being honest with everybody and just saying, hey, if as long as we stick together, we're going to be fine. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I definitely heard a lot of uh, very encouraging language from him uh, of taking this thing seriously, but not, like you said, not wanting to instill hope so that people be let down in terms of sports coming back soon or something like that. But his heart right now is taking care of obviously his staff, his coaches and things like that. But more importantly, he is a very student athlete focused guy. And you can tell that because he talked a lot about that when he got here to Auburn about being a student athlete himself, he was a baseball player. Uh, so I think he has a real heart for them right now, and he definitely should. Jared, any other thoughts about Alan Green and the job that he's got underway right now? I mean, I think y'all already hit the nail on the head. I mean, just – I mean, he hasn't had it easy since he got here. I mean, he came in, and we had the, the Bruce Pearl situation still yep. going on about how we were going to handle that. I mean, just having to deal with boosters on, you know, Gus year in and year out. Um, it's not an easy job, and to throw this on top of it, um, I, I don't – I don't envy him. I think you said it best in that regard. And uh, but the cool thing about him is um, he doesn't get flustered. Yeah. Um, he gets excited when we make Final Fours, but he doesn't get flustered. And I think he'll. I think he he's a good person to be representing the athletic department for Auburn right now. Yeah, and I think Justin, you would probably agree with this statement too that he is he's a high energy guy as as already been said, and that kind of makes you already endear to him already. Uh, but the fact that he's at such a young age taking this in, in such stride in such a tough situation is very encouraging for us to have him in this position, in this situation. Yeah, I think I think that what he's doing, um, and Commissioner Sankey also, the way that they're, you know, preparing for the worst but hoping for the best, like it's, um, you know, it, it's definitely shown that that's what they want to do. Obviously, this is a tough time and it's not going to be easy for anyone, but I think that the calm – you know, presence that the both of them have. To me, I met I met um, uh, I met Alan Green at the Oregon game this year. It was after the game. It was a couple hours after the game, and he just seemed like such a cool guy. Like he and 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 that just I mean, it just he just spills with with calm and collectiveness. So um, I think he's doing a great job of handling it right now. And like you said, he he does a tremendous job of just you know taking care of the family. So. Yeah. Yeah, I one of the things that I loved about Alan Green when he came in is he didn't come seeking to act as a bulldozer. He came in to learn and assimilate into the family because uh, yeah. he realized there was already an established culture here at Auburn uh, and one that obviously does is not perfect, uh, but one that he needed to figure out where he fit into that dynamic before he started making changes. And that's that's the thing that I respected. He had every right to come in and just clean house and he didn't. And the fact that he wanted to make sure that he made the right moves that would be obviously for Auburn's betterment, but obviously uh, not make too many waves coming in. And it's kind of earned him the trust and respect that he has in this situation now. So 
Uh, our respect goes out to you, Alan Green, if you ever hear this, and thank you for the leadership that you're showing real quick. Uh, I want to move into some specific sports things, and I'm going to go ahead and go over to Jessica again on this because she's probably going to uh, leave us here in just a second because, as you can imagine, she is very tired right now, working long, <laughs> long hours. Uh, but let's talk about track and field. It's the sport that gets forgotten a lot about right. these days. Uh, it is one that has I've grown an appreciation for because of you and doing this podcast with you, which is Tiger Tracks. And uh, we get to cover cross country, indoor, and outdoor track and field. But sadly, you and I don't get to talk about outdoor, which is your favorite. My very favorite. So I'm not bitter at all. It's fine. I had to suffer through indoor track, which is my least favorite if for you, no reason. If you've ever heard her lament about cross country courses or the indoor uh, <laughs> ramps that they have yeah, that you described, yeah. I've never seen her get more fired up about such mundane things. Because Kyle, <laughs> I'm telling you, if you can have PTSD from track and field, I do from almost falling off the track as a middle schooler running on this seat. Hey, look, <laughs> uh, hey, I, I coached track for nine years and um, I, I started off as a football coach helping track after halfway through the first season, I was a track coach that continued helping football, but <laughs> I totally get it. The first hurdle race that I ever ran, I fell twice. It was, so I, trust me, I, I feel you. <laughs> There's some like deep seated pain. Oh, just, yeah. Like, track and field. I'm telling you, Never. you can't understand it unless you've been a part of it. These track and field athletes, they can be vicious. Like, you think this is this really calm, sweet sport that everybody's just out there to get their PRs? No, they're out for blood. It might as well be football. <laughs> Absolutely. No, the, the most like tenacious group of athletes that I've ever been around was um, a girls team that I coached in 2016. And I mean, like, their motto for every track meet was, we're not here to make friends. Like, see see told you like i'm not arguing i've seen your tenacious. tenacity it's tenacious just, i've been more scared of track and field athletes the, over these years than i've been of any i will not get in the way of a sprinter now i'd rather get oh. i'd rather get in the way of Derek brown than a sprinter <laughs> right now that's intense <laughs> Uh, but let me let's talk about the impact on the track and field program yeah. and one name to me comes to mind that we're not going to see finish out strong this year. Not, not that she can't finish. She didn't get to finish out strong, but she's not been afforded the opportunity. Joyce Canelli. I was going to tug at your heartstrings a little bit. It kind of makes me want to cry a little bit just because, you know, we saw how well she has performed over the last, what, three, four years. Right. We've seen her with Brenda Kaigan. Mm -hmm. And then when Brenda graduated last year, we were like, this is Joyce's year to shine. Right. You know, we're so excited for her. And she didn't really compete very much in indoor and she competed some obviously in cross country and then went to her own meets that the whole, that the whole team didn't go to because she had so much potential. And we felt like it was all coming down to outdoor where she was really going to outperform her competition and it's over. And so things like this, like it just really breaks your heart that this crazy virus has completely turned her world upside down yep. and I don't know if remind me was she going to graduate this year too I cannot remember fully um uh, I you know that's obviously a tragedy in and of itself if it is her last year yeah uh, but the just, fact that she was on such a trend upward well and think about I yeah so Joyce Camelli I also think about Maddie Malone you know who else I think about my my girl Kylie Carter yep. and I get into to yep. redo another year of throwing right. Oh, you know what we don't get this year? What don't we get? The pen relays. Oh, my goodness. Have you, if you have not listened to Jessica get on her soapbox in a good way about the pen relays, you have not listened to these podcasts First at all. First of all, <laughs> if you don't appreciate track and field where the medal at the pen relays is naked men running, oh my I gosh. mean, you can't appreciate a sport. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> 
you, you, can, you just have to appreciate that. I just had a flashback of like Will Ferrell in old school. Oh no, <laughs> thank you for that. Yes. Yeah. We're sticking. Thank you for yeah. that image in my head right now. I will not be able to get that out for the rest of this time. Uh, Jessica, anybody else that comes to mind that, or just anything about track and field that you're going to miss not being able to talk oh, about? Oh gosh, I mean, yeah, obviously the pin relays, the outdoor track championships. That's yeah. always my favorite thing in June. Um, we had plans yeah. to go to a meet together this year. We did. Obviously, that shot to Hades. Um, you know, there's just a lot of athletes. Like, I was even looking forward to seeing Hope Igbenogamy. Like, this is her first year with us. Yep. And just seeing her shine. Um, a lot of the men, the long jumpers, I really think that they had a chance to kind of come together as a team. Um, Some of our at athlon elites, as I always struggle to yeah. say it, the ones in the pentathlon. Yeah, Natasha Jordan. Yeah. Oh, gosh. This is just, it's hard. Like, honestly, I can't even imagine what they're going through because it's hard for me right. to talk about it. And, and so I just think, you know, this is, this is really hard for them. Oh yeah. I can't even imagine what they're going through. You know, it's, it's one thing for a team of about 60 or, or I can't even remember the football squad, but when you're talking about so many variety of athletes on track and field, yeah, gosh, that's just a lot well, of people. And you just think like, gosh, you just want it to be able to continue because it's an individual race. Like everybody could run and time themselves. And if <laughs> you've ever happen. seen some of these group starts, that uh, is oh. not social distancing. Well, that's <laughs> waterfall. <laughs> I'm just saying. Thank okay. you. Waterfall. Waterfall. We had, I had to teach Kyle about the waterfall at a track uh, one time. And he was like, why does it look like that? What is that? <laughs> you got to uh, make up for the stagger, Kyle. Come on. Yeah, you know. He I, didn't understand that. I was showing him like where the cones go, where you can cut yeah. in. He was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just not my world there. Well, uh, Jessica, okay. thank you so much for giving your perspective on obviously what we're going to be missing with track and field and some of those athletes that will not get to see perform. And again, thank you. Uh, Obviously, I'll say this a thousand times to you privately, but for the sacrifices that you're making for not just me, but everybody else here and around the world in your profession. Well, it is always a joy. I'm well, happy to do it. Thank you. You know, you are the, the heart and soul of this podcast network, I guess. Well, you know, I do carry you. Yes. <laughs> I do all the work. It's, it's the true. Scene. It's true. It's, if, I, if I'm honest, it's true. Well, thanks, Jess, for being here. You're welcome. Hey, Auburn family. We're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are, and we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While tpublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C Network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. I do want to switch gears a little bit and uh, talk about a different sport. Uh, one that I think is probably, uh, they're all being affected. Uh, and very deeply, but one that is literally having its championship snatched from it, and that is equestrian. Auburn Elvis, talk to me about how you're dealing with this disappointment. 
Well, uh, okay. Well, I don't want to make it all about me. Um, but yeah, I was, you know, I, uh, I was following the sport, I guess, uh, from a distance over the last two years, but I got really heavily into it this season and we were doing well. I mean, I don't know if you're aware, but we were undefeated yet again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, have now uh, the War Horses podcast, so that was going well. Um, I've gone to a lot of the meets. Uh, I'm now friends with a lot of the people in the program. I've actually started to influence how, you know, some of the cool things that go on at meets. You know, I'm, I'm like a part of it now, so yeah. I'm in there, and I'm loving it. And yeah. so when everything gets brought to a screeching halt, you're just, oh, it just, uh, it just, it's not fair, but you know, life is not fair, but I really thought it was going to be fair. This part of it was going to be, and it isn't. So yeah, it's very disappointing. I mean, I was going to go out to Waco. I had not been out to the national championships. I was going to do that. Um, it's right around uh, when my birthday is. And so I had taken off from work and gotten a plane ticket and hotel, and I was going to fly out there and be covering the event. And you know, all of that's gone now. Yeah, it's it's tough, man, for you. I was really excited for what you were going to get to experience here. But l real quick, let me just kind of take a step away from that, that part of the discussion and let me give a little bit of reference to Jared and Justin about how big of a celebrity you have become within the equestrian program. I remember, I, I don't remember which meet it was or uh, match it was. I uh, It was raining, uh, very cold and windy. And I'm just this little old person waiting to see if they're going to have their uh, mat, uh, their their events underneath the actual pavilion area uh, out there freezing my tail off and I look inside and lo and behold there's Auburn Elvis just yucking it up with all the fancy people on the inside and I'm like <laughs> yep. wow how the tables have turned so just oh, for yeah. you two that's kind of how what you can kind of give you a perspective of what's happened here <laughs> oh I, I've heard I've heard of the legend and I, I know no, I uh, I've heard many stories of the the legend who is Auburn Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Um, but so tell me, Elvis, do you think it's possible that they will come together, that being the NCEA, and award Auburn the national championship? Uh, well, before I answer that question, I'm going to answer a question that you didn't ask okay. um, about the SEC. Yeah. Reading between the lines of some of the interviews that Greg has already given since everything's been cancel canceled, I suspect that the coaches in the SEC are about to have a meeting here this weekend or over this next week, and I think there's going to be some sort of a movement or a vote to go ahead and name Auburn the SEC champions, even though we didn't have an SEC tournament. I think that's probably going to happen because we control that. You know, it's all right. just basically up to the four of us, us four teams in the conference, and you know, that essentially happened in basketball. In basketball, we sort of split the regular season and the uh, tournament, but since we didn't have it, when it looked like we were still going to have the uh, NCAA, they went ahead and said, uh, you know, Kentucky will be the, the automatic bid or whatever. Right. But then, of course, everything got canceled. So it's not unprecedented to, for the conference to say, hey, even though we didn't have a tournament, we're just going to go ahead and declare a champion because the record speaks for itself. You know, we were 6-0 and in the conference, Everybody else had losses. Everybody lost at least twice to us and, you know, some to each other. So 
I think that will happen. Uh, if, I, if I was a betting man, I would say put your money on the fact that the SEC will go ahead and declare Auburn the SEC champions. Yeah, there's not been a program in, in quite some time that's deserved it and, and earned it the way that Equestrian has done. Because, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot off air, but even you've even mentioned it on War Horses that when we did the prediction show for the schedule at the beginning of the season, we all had Auburn at least losing two matches and possibly getting knocked out in the semifinals of the national championship tournament. Uh, so the fact that they overachieved in our eyes, obviously not in their eyes, they knew what they had coming apparently. Uh, and they are yeah. so dominant. I think if there was ever a time for everybody to come together and just say, look, we couldn't touch Auburn this year. This is one moment where it needs to happen. And it would be nice right. to say three-peat. I mean, how cool would that be? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's in the conference's best interest to go ahead and do that because it adds a little bit more normalcy to it. It, it does say that, hey, we made the best of a bad situation, so we're going to go ahead and act as if things were as normal as they could be. So I think I think you will see that. Now, again, that's not from me getting anything from Greg or anybody out there, so I don't want you to think that anybody has told me anything secretly. It's basically I've, I've seen and read some of the interviews that he's given to other media pers person people, and uh, it, it seems to be there's going to be a discussion among the um, – the ADs and the coaches uh, specifically about the SEC uh, yeah. championship. Yeah, I think that so needs to happen. That then opens up the larger question is, will the NCEA, which is the governing body that, that, that uh, oversees equestrian, because equestrian, college equestrian is a uh, emerging sport. It's not a full-on championship-level mm -hmm. sport. So basically there's this other organization that sort of uh, the NCEA, AA has sort of given over the ability to sort of police and write the rules and all that while it's an emerging sport. And that's the NCEA. The E stands for equestrian. So many groups. Uh, huh. So that body, that governing body, I think probably sometime just in the off season, maybe there will be the question of, well, should we recognize what Auburn achieved in some way? And it could be something where they basically say Auburn was the regular season champions, you know, maybe put some sort of a caveat on there that just over time becomes national champions. You know, we just right. colloquially call it that. Uh, or they could just come out and say, yeah, Auburn national champions, because we did not lose a single meet. There's really no argument. Uh, every team in the top, you know, 11 or 12 played Auburn and they all lost. And, you know, all the SEC teams played Auburn twice and lost twice. So it's not like there's some good team out there that you'll have in football, you know, where LSU was doing really well and Clemson was like, hey, what about us? That doesn't exist in equestrian because, you know, we've beaten that team and we've yeah. beaten nine other, nine other ones just like them. So yeah. if you think about any other sport, if you had the number one team undefeated that had also played number two through nine or through two, two through 10 in the top 10, most of them on the road and beaten all of them, there would be no question about naming them the national champions. And so I, I, I would like to see something similar happen in equestrian. Obviously I'm biased, but <laughs> it, but it makes sense. I mean, it's, there's, I mean, if you, if you polled all the coaches and all the players on all those other teams, I'm not sure you'd have anybody willing to go on the record saying, oh, I don't think Auburn was the best team. I, I don't think anybody would. 
and that and they're biased for their teams. And I still think they would have to say, yeah, Auburn was the best. You know, I think Auburn football played uh, two through nine in uh, rankings. They they just unfortunately didn't win them all. <laughs> yes. Okay. We'll see. I feel yeah, like that's so their schedule every that, year. You could argue strength of schedule, but if you no, I'm, I'm messing with you, Auburn. Uh, yeah. Elvis. Yeah, but but no, good point, valid, valid. But we did beat everybody. You, yeah, yeah. Equestrian won them all. Auburn football did not. Hey, so. Auburn Elvis, I was gonna ask. Um, first of all, do you go by Elvis or Auburn Elvis? Or <laughs> I will go by either. If you want to be okay. formal, you can say Auburn Elvis, okay, or sir or Your Majesty. Well, <laughs> I love it. Well, we're talking about national champions here, so I'll call you Auburn Elvis. Um, <laughs> So I know last year's team obviously went undefeated, national champions. Mm-hmm. How much? How much of this year's team? Uh, how much of last year's team left? How much? How much turnover was there with the with the roster there? Uh, an amazing amount. Uh, you, it would be as if um, it, it was basically half of if, if football. If half of Auburn's starters went to the NFL, that's what you're dealing with in terms of what Equestrian went from last year to this year. And yet we basically reloaded. Uh, there was a tiny bit of drop off in terms of the average points we got in a meet last year. We averaged about 14 and a half points out of 20. And this year we dropped down to averaging 13 points, which, you know, it's a little bit, it's significant, but we're still better than everybody else out there. And so half of our points last year were earned by that senior class and they all graduated and left. And so that meant the other classes were going to have to take up that slack, primarily the freshman class. Well, our freshman class um, did really well, and they ended up averaging about a third of all of our points this year came from that freshman class. Um, And that's actually unique in the sport, except Fresno State had numbers similar to that in terms of where their points production fell and what class, but nobody else in the SEC even came close to having a freshman class that contributed that much. A lot of them have senior classes that they leaned heavily on this year, and they're losing all those girls. So next year, it's going to be even worse for them. And uh, our senior class probably consider, uh, contributed about a point, uh, maybe a point and a half uh, to the number of, of points we would get typically in a meet. So if we can recruit real well, bring in some freshmen who can get us about a point every meet, we'll be just as good, if not better, next year than we currently are. Awesome. So now you see why I wanted him to do our first ever equestrian podcast. The, the passion, I, the, it just oozes. I, I just want to I want to watch it. He's more passionate about that than I am football. I love it. It would be as if we were uh, – it's like if you took Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and uh, LSU basically and combined a super team of those four programs, that's what Auburn Equestrian was last year. Right. And we just reloaded. Nice. It's, uh, it's a very heartbreaking thing if they cannot find a way to come together and either get, name Auburn the SEC champions or even the national champions. Uh, it is it, If there's a case to be made, I will find a way to get Elvis there to, to stay on that, that platform. He would give and, a compelling speech, for sure. Getting in the Elvis outfit. Sure. <laughs> Can you imagine the scene? Because people thought they saw it all during the coronavirus outbreak. They hadn't seen anything yet. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, 
So yeah, let's uh, let's take a second though and, and move on from that as, as as you know determined we are to see that, and let's talk a little bit about another sport, and that's Auburn baseball. And, and while there's not a whole lot to talk about because we played, I, I don't know what was it, Justin, like three series. Yeah, uh, there's a couple three weekend series, I believe, and then um, a couple of of uh, midweek matchups that we had, 18 games total. But uh, baseball is a long season, and 18 games is not enough. To, right. To do to do the sport justice it's not um you know football you play one game and you show up that game baseball completely different story it's you right. know best of series so um yeah 18 games is all is all we got in this year and it's, that's a bummer so from my perspective the effects of coronavirus on this program obviously besides sending players home and all that kind of stuff it kind of causes a question here of where based on what we saw with the team where are they at right now? Because we had a series, we got swept by UCF, but when you sit back and look at that, and you talked about this a lot on Hitchcock Hecklers, you talked about how UCF is actually a pretty decent program, so that's not like the worst thing that could happen. Auburn's had a history, and I think a lot of teams in their midweek games, whether that be a pitching situation of struggling in those. So it's kind of one of those things, you know, we had a lot of hype about baseball coming in, and then we had some struggles at the beginning of the season. So you don't really know how to feel about this program when it's cut short. No, you, I mean, the one thing that I would say as far as that goes is that we do know that the program is in good hands with yes. Coach Thompson. Um, you know, I think that's that's very evident with, with what he's been able to accomplish in, in the short time that he's been here. Um, but, yeah, like you said, there's, you know, some midweek series. We lost to, you know, we got swept by UCF, which was kind of – I think we got caught off guard a little bit. Um I had kind of alluded to it. Georgia Tech was going to have a little, a little extra something for us in the in the last in the last uh, second to last game that we've ended up playing, and we kind of fell off in in the game following that the next day against Wofford. But um, you know, it's hard, it, it's hard to tell where the team is at. I think there's a lot of good youth coming in. There's there's some some really talented uh, freshmen that got some decent playing time, some good at bats, and and a handful of games, but um, I think a lot of, you know, where we stand is going to be based off of, you know, are these, are any of these seniors going to be able to play anymore? Are they going right. to give them that? Is that, is that a thing? Um, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll let you touch on basketball, but I, I don't think that, that that's going to be the case for the winter sports. I think for the spring sports, it does seem to have a little more um, optimism around that possibility and getting those guys an extra year to be able to play because their season got cut short and it, and it wasn't, you know, it's cut very short. So, right. Um, you know, pitching was definitely a strength. And I think that in the long run pitching, you know, once you get into um, some, some of those May and early June matchups, like pitching is what's going to, is, is what's going to, you know, bring you trophies and, and potentially a ring. So I think we, we had a lot still in front of us and it was just, you know, as this whole episode is, is being brought to us, it's a lot of uh, misfortune and, and very unfortunate timing that we have. With There's never going to be a good timing for this, let's be honest. But, you know, it, it, it is it is very unfortunate for the baseball team. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's something that my heart goes out to you for obviously being willing to take on the show by yourself. And then this, you kind of getting into a role, and then, and then this happens. <laughs> so yeah. It's kind of like, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, can't win for losing at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, my heart goes out to Butch Thompson and trying to figure out, uh, you know, what kind of his roster is going to look like after this. You know, there's the whole MLB draft. Will they have a season? Will they not? Will That's they right. be drafting? At, I mean, there, there's so much that goes 
we don't have the time to touch on every single sports aspect and what happens within that because of this virus. Um, we're only scratching the surface here. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to e2cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?